Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to our podcast of Love Without Labels. Uh, Josh and I are together again today. Josh, how you doing? Doing real good, doing real good. Hope everybody out there is doing great as well. Yeah, and we really appreciate you guys' uh, support and the comments that you've been giving to us. It's very helpful to us, so please, please keep it up. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep asking. If you guys think of topics you want us to talk about or if you just have questions for us, don't hesitate to send us a message and ask us. So today we're going to address a, a topic that's very real for all of us. And the topic we're going to look at today is why does your relationship not live up to your expectations? Yeah. You, know, yeah. and, you know, we've heard it said a lot, uh, Josh, that people settle. Mm-hmm. They settle for the relationship they're in. Yeah, yeah, you settle. A lot of people feel pressure to get in the relationships. They feel like they're getting too old. There's a lot of reasons why, but we tend to jump into relationships pretty freely. Yeah. And and so today what we're going to look at is we're going to start with three specific areas of why maybe our relationship isn't living up to its expectations. Perfect. All right. So the, the first area is is a simple one. We ought to think about it. In fact, most of this stuff is simple but we get lulled to sleep in it. But the mm-hmm. first area is compatibility. Just making sure you're compatible yeah. with someone. Yeah, compatibility is huge. You have to be compatible. If you're not compatible with someone, you won't be able to live a life with that person. Not going to work. And then, and then so areas of compatibility, we've got external areas of compatibility, which would be like food. Yeah, the that, things you like, your interests, the things that... Through talking with someone, you can figure out, oh, this person likes this food and this activity, whatever those Yeah, activity, music, spiritual practices. There's a whole lot of those that would make it important for us to think about those things. Mm -hmm. Then you've got internal, which is basically how we're wired, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't know if you all have, have seen the book or read the book or heard of the book, The Five Love Languages, Mm -hmm. but it talks a lot about how people are wired and how they show love. And so, you know, these internal wirings are going to be, do we like to be touched and touch other people or not? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Do we like to give gifts and receive gifts or not? Mm -hmm. Those kind of things. Yeah. Do you want, do you need to be complicated, complimented, sorry, or do you need to give compliments to other people? And even down to like introvert, extrovert, all these things that, make up who you are on the inside, what your intentions are with the world, I guess. Absolutely. And then you come down to a third area of compatibility we want to talk about, which is physical attraction, the physical part of the relationship, the passion part of the relationship. And you know, if we start here, typically we do a really good job with this part of compatibility, mm-hmm. looking at physical attractiveness. What's and, the, it's the most instantaneous part of compatibility. You can look at someone and feel compatible to them just by the way that they look. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually how we start basing most of our relationships. I mean, that's how you start almost every relationship. You go and talk to someone you feel is attractive. You yeah. wouldn't do the opposite and go to someone you don't think is attractive and hope something comes from it. So that's how most relationships start. And the physical side of relationships is often one of the best sides of relationships, but the flip side of that is it can also be one of the most poisonous sides of a relationship. Absolutely. And, uh, and what Josh is saying is, you know, usually 
we do a really good job in sorting out the compatibility side of the physical part of the relationship and we can fail miserably in sorting out these external and internal sides we talked and about. And a lot of times that's because the physical side overshadows all of these other sides. You can mask a lot of your insecurities with physical touch and physical actions with your partner. Yeah, and and you can mask it for a period of time. Yes, that's a right? good, yeah, great point. But the reality is that no amount of physical compatibility will make up for the lack of life compatibility, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And that ends up being one of the things that we, we really want to talk about today is because the the dangerous part about the physical, like Josh said, it masks these other issues of non-compatibility, so we put up with it for mm-hmm. a little while. And putting up with it for a little while means now we put some time investment into the relationship, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so we've gotten uh, to know each other a little more, we're mm-hmm. a little closer than we were before, and we've become very comfortable. Yeah, you become comfortable and then in some ways you're so deeply invested that you feel trapped. You know so much of their past, so much of everything about them that you feel like you can't break that connection. Yeah, and because you, you uh, number one, it's comfortable for you too, but you don't want to hurt the other person yeah. at this juncture. Exactly, right? you've already made it this far and you are dumb and have masks all these other important areas with the physical and now you're in a situation where you're trying to figure out what you can do to get out of it yeah and i guess even that extends to how many people have you brought into this relationship because if you're doing things with friends or you're doing some stuff with family now everybody's gotten comfortable exactly with the relationship exactly. and your yeah. best friend's girlfriend is now her friend and you have all these you've interconnected lives when you should have been looking at the things that really matter in life rather than just the physical aspects of a relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. And and so when this happens to us, even though the relationship itself may not be what our expectations had hoped it would be, mm-hmm. now we get into the, well, we've got all these people involved. I don't want to hurt somebody. So we settle mm-hmm. for where we're at. Yeah, yeah. And you... You settle with it. And one thing that I think is pretty crazy about physical touch to me is physical touch in a relationship and just physicality in a relationship in general is very, very small in the grand scheme of a whole life. I mean, you can only do physical actions every so often. You can look at them all the time, but let's face it, after you look at someone for long enough, it's not, they're still not the, oh my gosh, that they used to be. You still might think they're beautiful, but it still doesn't have that same butterfly effect. From the initial, yeah. Yeah. So we take this small portion of a relationship and we ignore 99% of it because 99% of your relationship with someone is the external, the internal compatibility of all the interwoven pieces. And we mask it with this hour long, whatever it is. And it's pretty crazy. We take something so small and we use that to mask something so big. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to come back in a minute and we're going to talk about some of these things like Josh mentioned, the internal internal wirings and physical touch. We're going to get into a little more detail in that in a little bit. But let's go ahead and move forward with the second area of why relationships don't meet their expectations is you end up wanting to change somebody to be like you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I heard a friend uh, one time describe it this way is that 
you can spend a great deal of time looking for somebody that's going to compliment you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually we can't get around this fact. We're attracted to people who are different than we are. Mm -hmm. It's like their their strengths are our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and our strengths are their weaknesses. And so you you get this where you kind of complete each other, Mm -hmm. you know. But then once we find them, we spend the rest of our life trying to change them to be like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this is something that I definitely struggle with, you know. It's so throughout your entire life whether it's a relationship with someone or not, you want people to be like you because it makes you feel comfortable and yeah. in a relationship, you think one way, they think another way and for some reason you think your way is right and try to push it on them and that's just a recipe for disaster. And the reality is, you know, Josh said he's guilty of it. The reality is we are all guilty of this. And this is one of the most damaging things. It causes fights because instead of encouraging and helping somebody to be who they are, we're trying to change them to be like us. When the whole reason we picked them to begin with was because they're different and they compliment us. Yeah, we love the compliments when we want to, but then on other times we decide we don't want them and we try to change them. Yeah. And I, some of that may be because we just, our ego has this desire to be right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Josh finds himself in this place, but for me, when when my wife and I, in our early days, would be in an argument, even if I knew I was wrong, I'd be arguing to try to be right, Yeah, you know, yeah. instead of just acknowledging. Yeah, well, it's because you don't want the ill feelings. I know exactly what you mean. You try to put it so... They feel bad, not you. Yeah. And it's a big issue. And one thing that I do want to point out, at least I have noticed this, I think this needs to be a big reality check for men. I think it is for everybody. But as men, we have this sense of power to us. At least I do. And I right. think that you might as well. Right. But we, we have this sense of authority. Male figures are more dominant figures, are more authoritative figures. And that's just because of what society has shown us. So we really have to watch that when we're dealing with your partner, if your partner is of the opposite sex, if you have a female partner, because they are more of a relationship feeling based, they want you to feel good and them to feel good. And men are more of this is what I want. Right. And, And, you know, to touch on this, and we might do a podcast about this in the future, especially if you guys are interested in it, but the only reason it is that way, well... Society, as Josh said, has set it up like that. But the only reason is because typically, and this is an overgeneralization, but typically men, their body structure is more muscular, it's stronger. Mm -hmm. And so only because of that, men put themselves in an authority, which is stupid to do, you know? And that's like, that's the origination of it all. And then now it's just simply taught. I don't know. You see everything you see in the world is... Men And now there's a huge change going on in the world, which is awesome, but the change is so minuscule to the millions of years that it's been happening. It's yeah. like change with anything in terms of society. It's slow, but it's good. So Yeah. Well, and one thing we need to think about, too, in terms of trying to change them to be like us, even though we may recognize we're weak in a certain area, mm-hmm. instead of bowing out and letting our mate take the lead in an area where their strength is and we're weak, we'll try to argue with them, mm-hmm. you know, even when we're weaker in that area. So, yeah. you know, changing changing them to be like us 
just doesn't make sense. No. You know? Yeah. Another big area we run into is when we allow things to become routine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, routine <laughs> is a poison in life. If you get into a routine, you shut yourself off from new experiences and growth and in relationship. Growth is not key, but it is 100% essential. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Josh is is into fitness and uh, he's he's doing a lot of fitness stuff right now and one of the basic things he's taught me around fitness is if you do the same workouts the same thing all the time your body gets used to it and so then you can't optimize what you can do with your body and I think that's just a small little mirror of what life is like you know Mm -hmm. you have to be working all your muscle groups right exactly and you have to be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone which is something we talked about in our last podcast which I assume will be brought up a lot more in the future comfort zone comfort zone comfort zone you got to get outside of it yeah and when you think about routine so there's probably four areas of being in, in a routine that we can fall into and First and foremost, sometimes we just get lazy. You know, mm-hmm. life is hard mm-hmm. and we all have responsibilities in life. And so we don't want to minimize recharging your battery mm-hmm. because with life being hard and lots of responsibilities for people, we do need a time that we can come together, relax together and and do nothing. Just it's, it becomes difficult when you go to work works your work you get home and you don't want to put any effort anymore so you let work dominate your life rather than work go home spend another hour or two working on your relationship and communication and then go into your lazy relaxation absolutely so it's okay to be lazy for a period just everybody has to be you have to have that balance that is lazy but you can counteract that in some ways by just putting more effort into it and it's really you put effort in the things you care about so if you care about your relationship then you should be putting effort into it that's a great point put that one down you put effort into things that you care about you know part of us getting lazy is the second area we're going to talk about is sometimes we get lazy because we're tired and you know we can't get around when we talked about responsibilities a minute ago there are things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Things you have to do you can't get away from. And so by the time we get doing through doing some of these things, we're tired, mm-hmm. you know, we're exhausted and we want time just to relax and unwind, which again can be great. Mm-hmm. But if you find yourself getting tired and you just come home and you relax and unwind and you don't do anything else, mm-hmm. again, now you're getting in a routine. Yeah. You know? And I think these two, both getting lazy and getting tired, one point that can be made about these is there's a combination of what you do in your own life and how that affects your relationship. So things like being active, eating healthy taking care of the way you look, the way you appear. A lot of people get into relationships and you've worked so hard to be looking great. You get in this relationship, you get married and you're like, yeah, I made it, we're done. That doesn't work. It, it's constant work in everything in your life, not only on your relationship, but if you look good and feel good, that's going to reciprocate and rub off on your partner, thus creating a better relationship. So laziness not only is bad for working on your relationship, but also what are you doing to keep your relationship alive? Are you trying every day to look your best for your partner? Or are you just, oh, they're already married to me, that's fine. I find myself 
being terrible at this. I got to the point where I was just wearing whatever the hell I wanted to. And then I finally realized like, goodness gracious, like I want to look good and presentable. So when I'm with her, she's like, Oh wow, look at this guy, you know? Cause then you thrive off of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we leave the two, just this last thought being lazy or being tired and falling into this routine, life becomes dull and life becomes boring. And when we get bored is when our mind starts to wander and problems can start to arise. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So one of the, so go to the third area. And I think this is really commonplace with a lot of people. All of a sudden we start thinking that taking care of out things outside the relationship are more important than taking care of things inside the relationship. Mm -hmm. That comes in a lot of ways, whether it's work, friends, family outside of your relationship all those things anything outside of your relationship can really hinder your relationship itself it can and and again we know there's things that we have that are responsibilities outside the relationship that we have to take care of yes. right because the same thing we're talking about if we don't take care of friends we'll lose those relationships if you don't take care of work you're going to get fired from your job yeah. but one of the things we need to talk about is Oftentimes, the mer- the person we most take for granted is the person we're in a relationship with. The people we're closest to are the ones we tend to take for granted the most. And I think it's with marriage, it's this, you feel like there's this tie, like they got to be there. So they're going to put up with it and you take it for granted. And that can really, really, really end up being bad for your relationship. Yeah. And again, we know there are going to be times that we're going to have to pay attention to what's outside the relationship. That's going to happen. But when we talk about getting in a routine, Mm -hmm. if this becomes routine, then we send a clear message to the person we're in a relationship with that outside is more important than inside. And that's a great point, the routine and not the occasional, because I think that the occasional separation of you're going to go do what you do today and I do what I do today is great because if you spend all your time together, first off, it's easier to argue, it's easier to bicker, but at the same time, you just become so used to that. And if you take that time apart, there's that looking for, I look forward to seeing you once we get back together and see each other. And so it's very important and that can really help to keep a spice in your relationship of not always being together, taking time apart, then coming back together can be very you're very good. Absolutely. And we can all relate to that. The old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's real. So the, the fourth area and the last area we want to talk about, about routine, is sometimes we just plain get selfish. Mm-hmm. It becomes about us, right? And And it's so easy. All of us can relate to this. It's so easy to think more about ourselves than we think about somebody else. Yeah. You know? And... and to be more concerned with how we feel or what we need over what our relationship partner feels or what they need, you know? And if we get into this routine and get stuck of only wanting to have our needs met Mm -hmm. and do what we want to do, the relationship is going to be doomed. Mm -hmm. And this is where the compatibility on all sides comes into play as well, because you want to be in a relationship where both sides are giving what you feel you're lacking. So the selfishness can either come into play out of sheer selfishness, or it can be a sign that this person might not be compatible because I'm being selfish because I want physical touch all the time. 
but then you don't realize that that's not of the utmost importance to your partner. And so you have this frustration because you're not receiving it, but they don't even, they're not even aware of it because it's not at the top of their radar. So it's a good sign as well if there are, is selfishness and it's because you aren't getting something you want and that's not even on their radar, that might be a good sign you're not as compatible as you think you are. Uh, that's a great point. That's a great point. And you know, now we're going to change directions for a minute because everybody's like, oh, great. You've told us all the bad parts about a relationship. <laughs> so we don't want to just leave you there. Let's, let's change directions and let's look at what can we do to see that our relationships actually do meet yeah. our expectations. And flourish. Right? And flourish. So number one is we're going to go back to compatibility. Make sure you're compatible. Now, don't misunderstand. We're saying... It's really good to be different Mm -hmm. because we have different strengths and different weaknesses. But I think too often these different people are attracted because they're differences, but they're not compatible with each other. So how miserable is that going to be? I've got somebody different than me, but now I'm not even compatible with them. It's like a puzzle piece. You have two puzzle pieces. All puzzle pieces are different. You have these two that are different that don't fit together. But then there's these two that are completely different that fit perfectly together. So you have to find that's where the compatibility comes into play. You might have different strengths than your partner and vice versa. But there still is this underlying compatibility of you feel that their strengths outweigh your weaknesses and you can work together. And that's the key is feeling that connection of working together, feeling stronger as a couple than you do as an individual. And those things are really good signs that you are. Absolutely. And again, there's going to be a few different parts of compatibility. The easy parts. Here's the easy parts because we can see them. Do we enjoy similar music styles Mm -hmm. together? Do we enjoy similar foods together? Yeah. Because unfortunately, or or fortunately, food makes up a great deal of our life. It's yeah. a big social element uh-huh. of what we do, right? Do we like doing the same types of activities together? Do we, if if you're a spiritual person, do you like having the same spiritual observance together? And then when you get in a relationship, most times you're going to be in a relationship with somebody's family too. Mm-hmm. So do do we enjoy spending? that extended family time uh-huh. together, And right? friends on top of family. Friends on top of that. Yeah. Those are pretty simple to see. But when we get into the internal, then it's not as easy. And I feel like through. a lot of times those that we just mentioned, the external, it kind of cuts off after that. You find these similar interests and you thrive on these interests rather than keeping to continue going deeper. That's a great point. Great point, Josh. So, you know these internal things, all right? Huge, huge. If we go back to these five love languages, and let me talk about them for a minute. One is physical touch. And that is, do I like to be touched? And do I like to touch others, right? Mm -hmm. Two is quality time. Do I like to spend quality time with somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A third one can be words of affirmation, like Josh said earlier, Do I like to give compliments and do I like to be complimented? Mm -hmm. Uh, Four can be gift giving and receiving, which do I like to give gifts and do I like to receive gifts? And uh, the fifth one is acts of service. So this is like, I like like doing things for other people Mm -hmm. and I like having things done for me. Yeah, and the importance of these things, the thing that this book stresses is your love languages to find compatibility should be somewhat similar. You shouldn't have physical touches. You're number one and your partner, it's number five because you're going to have 
a big conflict in that area. So mm-hmm. finding other people's love languages and lining those up with yours. And that doesn't mean they have to be perfect because my number one is definitely physical touch. My wife, Emma, it's definitely second on her list and either probably words of affirmation or quality time are number one. And so that's okay because there isn't that big resistance because it's number two on her right. list. So there's still that strong interest there, but it's not out of the question for both of us. And here's something we need to look at in our relationships when we're talking about these things, right? Spending time together, touching each other, doing things for each other, giving things to each other. If these are sources of conflict in your relationship, then there's a good indication that you guys have found yourself at opposite ends of the compatibility spectrum in this, right? And so, again, if we go back to the physical touch thing, so often it masks these things. And Mm -hmm. we put up with, we settle for relationships because we are involved in the physical and it's masking the other. And it's only going to get worse Mm -hmm. over time. So if you find yourself in a relationship where you're not married at this point, you're looking for, is this going to be a good relationship? And you find yourself fighting over these issues, Mm -hmm. chances are you're probably not compatible with each other. And just a simplification for almost all of these, instead of just saying what they are, areas, the signs that you know these things are true. If you are unsatisfied with how much you're having sex with your partner, whatever else it may be, or if they're telling you about how they're unsatisfied, then that's a sign right there. If your partner is complaining because you never get them anything or anything like that, then that's showing you that giving is uh, one of their top ones. And for you, that probably isn't because you're not giving. So look for the signs in your partner that these things might be true. Yeah, and I think Josh said earlier, and I think it's really true, you don't have to match up on all these because you're not going to match up on all these. But you need to be sure probably that your top two love languages are pretty similar. And I think there's something too, I just thought of this, but there's something to be said about three and four as well, which is weird because you could find someone who is at the peak of physical relationship. You both just want a physical... And the reason we keep talking about physical relationship is because this is one of the top determinants for relationships. But if that's number one for both of you, Number two is really important, and so is number three, because if your number two is their number five, then you're going to be great, and the physicality will, again, mask the rest of it, but you still need to pay attention to those lower numbers. Yeah, and and I think one of the, the checks for the relationship is if you find yourself always having to sacrifice who you are mm-hmm. to accommodate somebody else then that compatibility factor is not going to be there, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's not going to be there. So, you know, again, differences are great, but compatibility needs to be there big, big time. And if you find yourself arguing and fighting about these things before you're married, you really probably ought to back up and, and see if this is something you should be doing. Yeah, and find if there's something masking it because if there's something in your relationship like physical touch that's masking the rest of these, you need to be able to you need to be able to identify that. And sometimes that means subtracting some of the physical touch in your relationship to see if there's still that satisfaction. Wow, what Josh just said, that's that's key, you guys. Take take that one away on this. 
if you find yourself fighting and arguing in some of the areas of compatibility, if you stop the physical touch, if you just say, we're stopping this for a minute to figure out how, how, we, can, how we can sort this out, no covering is going to be there anymore, exactly. right? You're going to find out in a hurry if you want to put up with each other or not mm -hmm. because nothing's going to be covering it up at that point. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. All right. Um, let's move Let's move to number two. You know, we talked about compatibility. Then we talked about we try to change our mates. So <laughs> this is going to be oversimplistic, but stop trying to change your mate to be like you, yeah. right? Stop trying to change the person in your relationship to be like you. They're completing a side of you that is not there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we've talked about this before, that people's differences, everybody working together is stronger than an individual. So if you use that in a relationship and you realize that you and your partner are stronger working together than you are apart, then that should make you want to strive to find that. Yeah, and the reality is if if you have to be right all the time or you have to have your way all the time, you are the destructive person in that relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got... In this, I think you each of you ought to be carrying this almost... It's, it's not a scorecard, but it's like a scorecard is that each of you should be getting your own way Mm -hmm. And each of you should be able to be right. A relationship shouldn't be one-sided. Exactly. For sure. And I think, too... Actually, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, just maybe what you're going to say, you got to view it as a give and take, right? Yeah. We're going to give and take. A functional relationship is not going to be one-sided. Mm -hmm. Functional relationship is going to be two-sided. And you're going to realize, I can tell you as a specific example from my own life, and used to having to be right and trying to impose my view on my wife, she is so smart in so many areas that I'm not. And when I finally was able to realize, okay, wait, I'm screwing this up, we devised this system where we actually, and communication's huge when you communicate with each other, where there were places we knew she needed to take the lead mm -hmm. in her way because she was better at it than I was. And there were situations where I needed to take the lead because mm -hmm. I was better at it than she was. But that's that working together and using each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, then we've got don't allow your relationship to, come, to become routine. We're going to go back to that. So when you find a routine that you both like, it's okay enjoy it. You don't have to get away from it. Enjoy it, but only enjoy it for a time. Yeah. Right? Routines, even once you have an established relationship and you've established that you're compatible and you're not trying to change each other, routines can still be poison to a relationship because if you spend your same days doing the same thing, it can lead to that boredom that you talked about. And boredom leads to wanting to find and experience new things which not always is the best for relationships. Yeah, well, that's a great point, Josh, because at the end of the day, we as human beings, we're fickle, mm -hmm. right? And so we do get bored with a routine. And so if we get bored in our relationship, that's pr we're going to be looking for adventure outside the relationship, yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, and that could be friends, it could be activities, but unfortunately, I think what we're talking about right here, boredom, 
in a relationship is the number one reason for people having an affair outside their relationship. For sure. Yeah. Boredom leads. Yeah. Boredom leads to that for sure. And that ties back into uh, when we're talking about laziness and um, all these things, it talks about it. It goes back to trying to look and act and be your best for your partner. That is part of getting out of the routine. Yeah. Now, now uh, the irony Tell me what you think about this, Josh. The irony of this would be if we ended up in a relationship with the person that we were having an affair with, we would probably fall in the same routine we were we were already in yeah. in our existing relationship, and we'd be bored with that as well. Yeah, and you would just keep moving and keep moving. So the best thing you can do is work on changing yourself and work on strengthening your relationship so you don't fall in to the routine, which leads to another routine of continually doing the same thing. And, you know, Josh talked on this, about this earlier in a different manner, but here's what it's going to boil down to. If you could imagine having an affair with the person you're in the relationship with, you would never be bored. You know, the energy you would put into having an affair, if you put that energy into your relationship, yeah. you would always be trying new things, doing new things, experiencing new things. Well, it takes so much more energy to be in an affair. Not only do you have to go do it, but then you have to think about it every single day and make sure you're hiding it every single day. That's a lot of energy. So if you're willing to do that, then you're not lazy or tired in your relationship. You're just being stupid and need to put more effort <laughs> into your relationship. Exactly. If we find ourselves always being tired, you know, the tired, same thing that, that we talked about, it's the second thing we talked about gets us in a routine. We need to assess what all do we have going on in our life, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no question we're going to get tired, but there may be some things that we're putting time and effort and energy into that aren't as important as the relationship. And we might ought to reassess our priority schedule. Yeah, and time and tired and all that can be a huge poison. If you go and you work all day, every day, it's going to take a tax on your relationship. And then you have to weigh what what do you want out of your life. And then that comes back to compatibility. Is your partner doing the same thing where you're both actively working at something and you still have that relationship? Or is it one-sided where... They're waiting on you to finish up every day. Yeah, exactly. And and again, we're going to have different seasons in our life. Things are going to take more time at some times than they are at other times. And we'll have to adjust for that. But that still requires us to be constantly looking at and assessing and potentially adjusting our schedules, yeah. right? To what are we going to do? And that point we're just talking about is huge about communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. What do we need? What do we want? What do we need to adjust to get there? Kind of having a plan. Yeah, right? having a plan so you know what the other person expects from you. So if you're working all day at work as hard as you can to move forward in your working career, well, then you need to be putting that same energy and working more in your relationship. So the more you work outside of your relationship, really, you need to turn that work and work even more inside your relationship as well. So Yeah, absolutely. And then we're going to come back to that third thought of, we cannot consistently show our, our relationship mate that what's going on outside the relationship is more important than what's going on inside the relationship. Yeah. Right. And we, we have, we have to take that for ourselves. We want to be shown attention and shown this gratitude in our relationship and all this stuff. And if we're not giving that to them, then we need to, we need to turn the mirror around. And with most of this stuff, you need to look in a mirror at yourself. Would you, care if it was vice versa if there was a love language that you weren't fulfilling or that they weren't fulfilling for you would you care yes okay well then it's probably the same vice versa yeah i think that's true and that is also going to lead to all this 
boredom mm-hmm. and re- you know the fact of the matter is if we're paying attention inside the relationship things outside the relationship probably the reason they become more important is because we're bored inside the relationship yeah. right to begin with yeah so if we don't let that boredom get there if we don't routine tired lazy mm-hmm. if we keep moving keep keep doing things that are interesting and fun and then it, it probably is not going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. As long as you keep adding spice and different and change to your relationship, it won't get old. If yeah. you're always adding those things, then you will continue to flourish and change and fall even more in love. Absolutely. And and taking your mate for granted is probably the most destructive thing that can be done inside mm-hmm. a relationship. And that's one of the most common things you do. You sign this paper or you just give your word that they're your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever right. it may be. But you give this, you there's this connection there that people feel like is, it's a difficult connect. It's easier to stop being friends with someone than it is to break up with someone. Yeah. And it's easier not to talk to your own family than it is to break up with someone. There's this weird stigma around relationships where it's, it's difficult and you feel like you have this connection and it's going to be there no matter what. So you get in it, you put all your work to get in it and then you put no work moving forward and then it crashes. Absolutely. And so it's got to be a conscious effort that we make that we don't put anything above the relationship Mm -hmm. that we're in. And again, if you haven't gone through the checklist that we're compatible in these areas, we've got the same love language, we we really care, we we balance each other on the the differences, the strengths Mm -hmm. and weaknesses, it's going to be hard to do that. That's probably the most important thing. If you can line yourself up in all those areas, then the rest of life to come will be easier because they know that it's your personality that you're going to be working all the time. So it's not an unforeseen thing, but it lines up with them and they're okay because you have that compatibility there. So if you can focus on the compatibility and the connection that you have with someone and make sure those are real and genuine, most other areas will be avoided. Now there's no way to be perfectly compatible. So you're always going to run into something, but a big thing of compatibility is can you work through it? Are you both willing to change? And if you're both willing to change and work through it, then you can grow and develop into a great relationship. Absolutely. And the beautiful part about what Josh did said, just said is if your relationship with somebody who is identical to you, just think about how boring that would be. You do the same things all the time. You wouldn't have any freshness to it. But the differences that you have should be this little edge that keep you sharp and mm-hmm. keep you learning and growing and challenging. Yeah, you know? one thing I have noticed, and I I definitely don't have the perfect relationship, and I definitely have no clue. I've been married. I'm coming up on a year of being married, so yeah. very into the start of it. But one thing that I realized back when Emma and I were dating that kind of changed everything for my thought process is I could tell in the relationship that she was willing to change just as much as I was willing to change. Neither of us were so stuck in our ways that we couldn't have anything be different about ourselves. So I started to see that, okay, she's willing to compromise and change. Okay, I'm willing to compromise and change. And that mixed together meant we both could adapt around things because we were willing to change. And that hasn't changed yet, and I doubt it changes in the future. Well, and and Josh is bringing up a great point, which is this each side being willing to change for each other because the last part we talked about in terms of falling into a routine was just becoming selfish. 
And if you get selfish, you're not going to be willing to change, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to be stuck. And, you know, in this being selfish now, we want to say, first of all, we have to take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to give to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But today, we have the idea of taking care of our, ourselves at the expense of somebody else. And in this relationship, you can take care of yourself, but not at the expense of your relationship. And if you have a compatible relationship, taking care of your spouse leads to them taking care of you, which then means you have this give and take relationship that works together. Really uh, that's well. perfect. You, you view your mate as important as yourself and the decisions are not just your own desires, but it's their desires as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the ironic part about that is decisions that are made on your own are not as good of decisions as decisions that are made in a in a relation in a group. Exactly. You know? yeah. We all work better together. Yeah. So then instead of meeting our own needs, we find solutions that meet both needs. And again that that fosters the relationship. It helps us. And instead of, you know, I think a lot of us in relationships we view these confrontations we have as win lose. Somebody wins and somebody else loses. And we're going to have to start viewing them as win, win, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we, how do we get that and know that winning is important to them as it is to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, real quick, if you find yourself, if you find yourself, you're already married and you're listening to this going, yep, that's, uh, that fits us. That's where we are. I don't think that you have to write this off as everything's lost and you you don't have a chance. What we're talking about today is when you're finding your person that you're going to live with, it's definitely going to be easier if you do what we've talked about today. But if you find yourself today in a difficult situation, number one, the best thing you all can do is communicate with each other. You have to let each other know where you are. Hopefully, your your partner will be in a place to listen, mm-hmm. and you can hear each other, listen to each other, not be selfish, and then try to work together to incorporate some of these things that we've talked about. Today. Yeah, and I think one last point for me with that is if you do know that all these things are true and present in your relationship... First off, don't put it on the other side of the relationship. Take it in for yourself and you do something about it without the expectation in return. If you aren't giving your all in the relationship before you can expect the all from the other side, you need to give yours. And so don't go and have a conversation and expect them to change first. You just go change and see what happens. And that's a great way to figure it out because if you change and you do all the things that they're looking for in a relationship and they don't reciprocate those back, and that just purely shows you that it it probably won't end up working. If you've had conversations, if you've communicated and you're still giving your all and they're not, then that's a good sign. But until you've given your all and tried to do everything you can for the other side of the, the relationship, you won't know. Well, and, and I think I, I want to say this also from my own personal perspective. Sometimes we all know relationships don't work out. Mm-hmm. And for me, my life experience is I am a product of that. I had a marriage when I was younger that didn't work out, and we ended up getting a divorce. But now 
the relationship that I am in today, Don and I have been together for 28 years, and we've been married for 27 of those. And it is the absolute best relationship I've ever had in my life. So sometimes things won't work out. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's not. And you can't look at marriage as this unbreakable, has-to-be kind of bond and don't let the world tell you that it is that because marriage at the end of the day is a piece of paper. You're just choosing to be in a relationship with these people. So if you don't feel the compatibility and the lifelong passion for it, don't waste your life. We have a short life. And if you think there's no way in hell this is ever happening, then don't waste more and more time for both of you. Think about them. Don't waste their time by dragging it on. So make the decisions that are going to be best for you and your partner in your life. Yeah, and and don't misunderstand us. We're not saying to treat any of this lightly. Treat it. That's not what Josh is saying. Mm -hmm. He's saying treat this seriously. Treat it heavily. Put every ounce of effort you have into it. But if you find in yourself at the end of the day in a situation where somebody's not willing to give and somebody's not willing to work and be compatible and make this relationship the best it can be, don't make yourself miserable for the rest of your life with the opportunity that you could have of ending that relationship and finding another relationship that did meet those expectations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate, uh, again, appreciate your feedback. Give us some comments or some thoughts about this podcast and uh, any others you'd like to hear us do. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a great day.